Have you ever wanted to discover what's missing in your life? Metaphysics is available to all and is part of your life even if you don't know it. Welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil with Barb Crowley. Together we'll explore the mysteries behind metaphysics and how to use it to have a deeper understanding and advantage in life. And now here's your host, Barb Crowley. Hi everyone, this is Barb Crowley and welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil. We're going to do pet communication today, and I know all of you um, humans who have pet com- companions out there really want to know what they're thinking about and thinking about you. <laughs> and I have with us, um, my guest today is Phoebe Delaney, and Phoebe will tell us her background and how she was raised where it's so, it was so natural for her to communicate with animals, but she's also been doing it professionally for 40 years. And she's going to talk to us about uh, communicating with the animals, but also listening to our pets. Welcome to the show, Phoebe. I'm really glad. Hi, there. Yeah. Hi. So, um, Phoebe, I didn't go much into the back, your background because I wanted you to do it. Um, you had such an unusual upbringing. Can you tell me about it? Can you tell us all about it? Okay, well, uh, first of all, I know uh, this is not supposed to be part of it, but I've been around a long time. And I grew up in a time when people really didn't, it wasn't such a major thing about pets like it is now. So it's beautiful to see where this came about and that my family, I believe, helped start some of this going way, way back. Um, My dad he he was an animal rescuer. I remember I was barely two years old. He came home with a kitten that he had found in an alley. The mother had been run over. This cat didn't even have its eyes open yet. And he held it up and he fed it with an eyedropper. And I grew up with that cat. I had him for years. And then we were like, we were soulmates. And one of the things that my family took for granted that was just natural. And I was surprised to find out later that a lot of people don't realize this. He'd sit there with, with we had a dog as well, Hoppy, and he'd, he'd talk to them and he'd go, my, my cat was named Titten because I couldn't say kitten, so they just left the name. And he'd go, Titten, where's grandma? And he would literally sit up and look over at right at grandma. He'd go, okay, where's sister? And well, when he would said that, he would jump off dad's lap and jump onto mine. And so we, I just knew, he said, see, he knows who all of us are. And so that's how I kind of grew up. And then he, he found a couple of baby pigeons that had fallen out of a nest and he brought did? them your in. Your dad we, did? We, Let me back up. Yeah, we, we, yeah, your dad did, not the kitty. We taught them to fly. And we taught the kitty not to eat them. Right. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Let's so, yeah, it was like about just... <laughs> talking to him you know and so I grew up thinking that was perfectly normal that's what you do and it truly is uh animals understand us we're the ones that have this issue that we think we don't understand them and what my job I've turned out I think was given to me by the universe is to help people see that this is a natural thing to communicate with animals and especially the ones that you bring into your life because they're always trying to tell you things. And if you don't, you know, get it, they'll try to tell you another way. And so it really isn't that hard to understand them once you open your mind, body, and spirit to the idea that this is another living creature and there's no reason why you can't communicate. 
Okay, before we go into that, though, um, I wanted to go back a little bit to your background because I was fascinated by the pigeons and also by, by your family. They were really rescuers of animals. Yes. And, and your dad brought home those pigeons that had fallen out of the nest. And what did he do with them? Because I didn't even know this could happen. So, you know. Oh, he, he, how- yeah, he built a little shelter out in the, in, um, in the backyard. We had a little, like, shed thing. He built a shelter for them, actually created, like, a little kind of nest thing. And we would go out, and, I, of course, he'd take me with to teach me this, how to feed them. You know, with he'd catch bugs and stuff and fruit, and he'd, he'd literally be like a mother bird. And when they started to grow up, um, he, he helped me uh, – teach them to fly we'd put them on our hand and run with them and fling your hands out so the bird would like take off and they'd flap 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 and then they'd go oh I can fly and we'd clap and cheer them on and talk to them as if they I mean hey great you finally can fly you know and that's how my dad was and my mom the the original involved in shelters what's that I'm sorry go ahead Sorry. No, I was just saying my mom, of course, was all part of this, too. But it's like my dad and I had this connection that was I didn't even realize it a lot until he passed away. And he was my first experience with seeing something from the other side. And it included his dog. And that's that happened when I was well, he he passed in 1968 and a year almost to the day. I woke up during the night and him and the dog were standing right in front of me and they both died in the same week and they were both not in very good shape. So there they were right in front of me looking fine. The dog was hopping around and I was like, whoa. And I'd heard about these things and my grandmother and everything, but it had never happened to me. So I reached out and my my dad kind of said, like, you're just I just here to show you. And I rubbed my eyes and opened them and he was gone. Well, <laughs> You know, the fact that that dog was with him showed me something else that I didn't realize. They go with us. They stay with us. And my dad was such a good guy. I don't think he had to hang around in purgatory a long time. He got to go with the dog. (laughs) And dogs and cats don't have to go there. They go right to what we now call the Rainbow Bridge. And that's a new concept. That wasn't around when I was growing up. Um. Yeah, I want to get into the Rainbow Bridge later, um, but first okay. I, want to, <clears throat> I want to keep you with your background because I want to um, kind of get in a little bit into the um, lineage that you had. You you were telling me mm-hmm. about your grandmother and how you came up with the Catnip Manor name for your business and how natural it was for you to talk to animals and your grandmother did the same. And um, so that when you started your own psychic business, really, um, that it, how natural it was for you to find cats. A lot of people would come to you to help you find, ask you to help them find their lost pets. And uh, you were telling me how you've never been wrong. You've always found them. Right. You want to tell me something? Either found them or found what happened to them. Yeah, there's yeah, two well, different things. What happened yeah. to them. Yeah. 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 And so, that, that one is hard to tell people. Yeah. Well, tell me about the cat that jumped out of the car, though, and went home. <laughs> oh, that was Titten, of course. Uh, we were living with my grandmother. Uh, this is right after, uh, uh, shortly after like World War II. We were living with my grandma while dad tried to find jobs. He just got out of the service. So um, 
when we finally moved to Chicago, it was 100 miles from this little farm town. And halfway between moving, the cat was in the truck. He jumped out when we had stopped for gas or something and took off. Well, (laughs) this was very upsetting to all of us, you know, but what my parents did when we got to when we got to our destination and we were going moved in and stuff, they sat down together. We formed a circle, and my dad said a prayer to Saint Francis. That's the animal saint, you know. And he said, Saint Francis, help us. And then he and he got and he looked around at us. He says, We're supposed to talk to Titten. And so that's what we did. He said, Titten. This is, you got to come home. We, you know, you got to be okay. You got to come home. Two weeks later, my grandma called us. Titten had come to her house. He didn't know where we went, but he knew where he came from. He had traveled for two weeks, 50 miles back to Durand, Illinois, and sat on my grandma's porch meowing. And he, that's, and this is what I have found is common with a lot of people who their cat seems to lost it's very, very common that they've moved and they didn't explain this to the cat. And so the cat gets out and where's the first place they go? I've had hundreds of cases. They went back to where they came from. And, it, and but they it's can go been uncanny. Long, they can go along. Yeah, how many times that's happened. Yeah, they go mm-hmm. back and, and I'll pick it up right away. I can almost see the cat like looking around and going to the street sign and going, wait a minute, where's my house? So this is so important. People don't realize, but it's one of the biggest issues I've had to explain. You're going to move or go somewhere. You better tell them and you yeah. better explain it. And if you don't, they're going to be confused like any child would be because they're like a little child. They're very innocent. They're just exploring the world. And you got to tell them things just like you would a kid. Like my mom was the kind that she would say, well, you don't want to do this, but she'd not just say, you don't want to do that. She'd explain to me why. Like she told me women shouldn't smoke because it's not ladylike. She didn't say don't smoke. Well, it's the same with a cat. You got to go, you know what? We're moving and you're going to go to a new home and you're very loved and you got to come with us. And this is going to be your new space. And this is what we're doing. And then show them everything around and, you know, act like you would if it was a child. And they do get it. When I moved, um, I just moved across the alley, so not too far away. But when I moved, I had two kitties, two babies, and um, I brought one over first. And I brought her into the house. And you're right, Phoebe, I didn't tell her, you know, this is, we're going to move. This is a new house. I put her down in the house, and she knew. But with every step, she cried. It was the weirdest thing. I never saw anything like it. She went around the whole mm-hmm. house and cried with every step. She did not want to leave her old house. And she actually went, we were close, went back there often. If at any time I couldn't find her, I knew. Can a tuna fish and go back to the old house, the yard on the old house? And she was always there, always there. But I didn't tell her. But she cried on every step she took. But um, when well, you see, yeah, yeah, it was weird. <laughs> um, when you're looking for a lost pet, though, how do you psychically do it? Do you tune into them? Do you talk to them? Or you were acting yes. if you could see through their eyes where they were going? Mm-hmm. Can you? Yep. Can you kind of walk me through that? 
Okay, well, uh, first of all, once I know the cat's name, because, you know, it'd be like anybody you're talking to. If you don't know their name, they're not going to pay attention to you. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I get their name. And I do like to work with a photograph, but it's not really that necessary, especially with cats, because they're so psychic. They fly around the universe anyway. They're not even from here, I don't think. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I I use their name, and I sit and I just kind of quietly meditate and ask them a question, where are you? And then I start to see like a little video in my head, um, something like they're by a trash can, a dog is chasing them, uh, they crossed a street. You know, I'll, I'll just see these things and I have learned to pay attention that it's not my imagination. And that was my grandma's favorite saying, imagination and intuition are the same word. You just spell them different. So. I know that if when people say that, think about it yourself. And you say, oh, that's my imagination. It turns out that it's actually something, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And so, but, so when you, I will when pick up a, a, a picture. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, and, I apologize. Well, no, then I, I start to see things. So I will, of course, give that information to the, to the human. But I also try to send the message uh, your humans are, you know, are worried about you and you need to go back home. And if they are someone, that's one of the questions I do ask people right away, because I'll pick it up almost without them ever telling me. I'm like, you just moved? And they'll go, yeah. And I don't get that with everyone. If they haven't moved, they don't, I don't pick that up. It'll be something else. They brought in another animal. Uh, they brought in a new person, uh, something. you got to explain all of this to them just as if they were your kids sitting there in front of you because they are. Mm-hmm. And if you tell them these things, they're prepared. And one of the biggest ones I get uh, a lot of the readings is I brought in a new cat or I brought in a new pet. What do I do? And, well, first of all, some some are like, oh, another cat, oh, good, it's my friend. But most of the time, they're very territorial. And I have learned over the years that you put them in a separate place, you get them used to it, and they will. And then you talk to your your cat that's the head of the, and explain to them, hey, you're the high priestess here. You're the head of the, you're, you're the president of the house. So it doesn't matter who this new animal is. You're going to always be in charge. I'm going to always love you the way I always have. But it's nice, isn't it nice to bring in another friend? And then like I explained to my other kitty, this little cat, you know what it's like. You came from a shelter. Wouldn't you hate to see this other little cat here be in a shelter when you've been there yourself? You know what it's like. And boy, she really understood. Mm Mm-hmm. So you know, I that's think another I, one that's you know, common. I think I told you this story about, when, again, when I bought a new house and before I moved in, we had work to do on it. Um, the woman who was leaving, moving, she's on the way out the door. She said, hey, take good care of my cat for me, which kind of freaked me out. But I understood it. The woman had so much going on. She couldn't deal with that, too. So the cat was more of an outside cat. And I would. Take care. I would go over every day, feed her, make sure she had what she needed. And uh, but my cat started to sit at the end of my driveway every day. I finally had to sit down with my cat and say, you will never be replaced. You are the most important pet in my life and you will never be replaced by any new cat coming in. And uh, after that, she never sat at the end of the driveway. 
I just had to tell her. So, see, you just confirmed exactly what I told you. Mm-hmm. Right. This is exactly. a very common experience, and what you just shared was exactly, you and I didn't know this about each other, but you just shared it. It worked for you, and oh, it, it it's worked for it everyone did. that I've helped do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It definitely uh, The did. other one that's interesting is people. You bring a new person in. You damn well better explain that because they need to know who is this person, you know? And if it happens to be someone that doesn't like animals, you probably are going to find that that's not someone you need in your life that much. <laughs> Get rid of the human, <laughs> not the pet. <laughs> well, I have a book someone gave me for my birthday one year, and it's actually a real book. It's called Dump Him, Marry the Cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the truth is, if an animal doesn't, they know people. They can look at someone in a crowd and they know who is good and who isn't. Right. You know what I found? And that's something us people, we're not good at. We don't acknowledge our intuition the way an animal does. You know, one thing I did want to say before we leave the subject, this topic of talking to them directly, I noticed with with my pets that uh, they listen to what goes through my brain all the time. And like me, oh, yeah. they, they learn to ignore the chatter. So when I needed to talk to them, it was honestly, I had to sit down, I had to say their name, and I had to talk out loud directly to them. I couldn't figure that they were going to get my message or, you know, pay any attention to me at all until I addressed them directly. And then like in telling my cat that she would never be replaced, I had to call her by name and address it directly with her. But, you know, before we go on into anything else, um, I'm going to set up to take a break. And um, then we're going to come back with Phoebe. And we're going to talk a little bit more about finding lost cats and about some of the readings that Phoebe has done with pets and their owners when there are problems. So um, stay with us and we'll be right back. All right. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. One thing's for certain. Life is uncertain. Do you navigate the unknowns? Visit AViewThroughTheVeil.com to sign up for psychic readings and classes with Barb Crowley. You can schedule one-to-one sessions with Barb for personal and relationship counseling, pet communication, mediumship, career and business direction, or sign up for one of her classes. Everyone has answers through the metaphysical plane, but they need help to access them. Get the help you need today. Visit AViewThroughTheVeil.com. Our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives, but the lives of everyone around us. Find new meanings of love, authentic expressions, and better connections with the people in your life. Tune in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. This program will feature guests and discuss ideas that will bring a better life to you. When you find this perspective on love, it will change everything. Listen live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. 
It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil with Barb Crowley. To reach the live show, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to aviewthroughtheveil at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, and we're back with Phoebe Delaney here in Denver. Um, she is a pet psychic, and she's been doing pet communications for um, 40 years. But we actually went through how she grew up with this, and it was the most natural thing in the world with her. And we were talking about finding lost pets. And um, I, I'm a pet psychic as well, and I only worked really one time, and someone called me to find a lost pet. And um their car had been stolen. Their car had been stolen with a uh, pet in the back in a carrier, and they had thrown whoever stole the car had thrown the pet out, and the pet was stuck in the carrier. It was late fall, and I could feel the fear and the cold, the deep cold, and I I could tell. Uh, where the cat, you know, that the cat, what the cat could tell me, which is only approximately where they were and what the cat could see through the carrier, but she was trapped in the carrier. And I'll tell you, I was pretty traumatized by it myself. It turned out well. They found the cat before nightfall and it was, everything turned out great, but it was pretty terrifying to sit with the cat and realized the situation that cat was in. What a rough situation. But, um, Phoebe, you've told me that you've always found the cats, um, you know, and almost always they've been in, you know, it's been a good outcome. Um, you want to tell us another story about finding lost? Well, uh, we keep talking about cats because we have cats. But, you know, lost pets. Um I know I know it's, cats are easier to communicate in my opinion dogs yes. are a little bit more difficult they're a little bit more dense in a way but a little bit more <laughs> they're they're a simpler soul uh, that's the way I would explain <laughs> yeah. it they're a simpler soul you know like everybody you know your your soul determines people that are you know more advanced think a different way than others do and dogs are very simple they're very simple creatures and their main job in this whole time of being on this planet was to be companions and 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 
actually, yeah, your companion, your your guide, your whatever. Whereas cats, <laughs> they're the they're the uh, head of the planet. You know, they, I mean, there's a reason why they've been worshipped. You know, in Egypt and in, in the Orient. You know, you've got your guardians of the temples in the, in in the Eastern traditions. You've got everybody knows about Egypt. You know, although there's a lot more that's been happening in cats know this stuff they're just a very high soul so dogs yeah you got to talk to them as if they're just a little bit younger than the kid you're talking to that's a cat so it's like honey <laughs> funny you know, way to put it and they are there to be with you and so yeah i've had some really uh, interesting experiences and the story you told about the car stolen i was going to say was that recent because there's been several incidences on the news of cars stolen with people's pets in them and there's one out there right now where they're looking for the it's a therapy dog and mm-hmm. they've got it all over the news so i was actually thinking about it when i saw the news it all of us would send out that energy that the, the police will find that dog um, and you know what i just yeah. got something this just came yeah. out of nowhere it's going to be a canine dog that finds it oh and wow. it'll be okay i'm gonna write that down yeah great yeah. great when um so everybody do send good energy on quick finding it and then uh Phoebe, what you've just seen is everything's going to turn out well, which is fabulous. Um, One thing I want to bring up about cats when, you know, looking at these animals psychically, um, cats can see the other side. The name of my show is Through the Veil, and cats can see on both sides of the veil equally, like it's just (laughs) normal to them. They think there's something wrong with us that we can't see it, but cats can see both sides yep. of the veil equally, like it's just one big world. And I've noticed dogs not so easy. <laughs> yeah, they're more like the here and now. They're right. What's yeah. going on right here? Cats. First of all, I, I wasn't even going to bring this up, but maybe I'll throw it out there because people might be interested just for the heck of it. But first of all, one thing I've always said it was interesting. Cats have reptilian eyes, <laughs> and you know, no other oh, wow. mammal has those kind of eyes. <laughs> so. Uh, there is a book that was given to me some years ago, came out of nowhere, like all my books do when I'm supposed to read them. And it was called The Lion People. And it was supposedly, I know this is going to sound a little out there, maybe to some of you, but it was channeled by the first cats that came to this planet. And it's it's told like through the voice of a channeler, just like if one of you would go to a circle with a medium or something, they're bringing the information. And actually, that's what readers do. Uh, we are channeling information. We're not like some woo-woo voice coming out. We're just picking up the information and giving it to you. And cats are really good at giving that to you, as we've just been saying. But this book says that they came to Egypt and that the statues of their original, the goddess Bast, were real, and especially the Sphinx. And even there's been modern, uh, Edgar Casey predicted that the secrets of the universe would be found down in some secret paws of the Sphinx, and it would be when we were ready for it. And uh, recently, they with sonar, they know there's something down there. But anyway, then they said what they did was they had to disguise themselves as house cats so they could guide us. Mm. 
Well, they are good as guiding. The They'll swat you if you're not <laughs> doing what you want them. They want you to do. You know, one thing I really am curious about because I've never done this. Have you um, have you psychically worked with birds? What are birds with like? what? Birds. Oh yes, my pigeons. Yeah. I grew up doing that. Oh, and I have an even better one. I rescued a snail when I was in third grade. <laughs> at the end of the year, they would empty out the fish tank, and if you wanted a fish, you could take it home. And there was this large, big old snail that lived in the bottom. They were going to throw him out, and I go, "You can't throw away that snail." I took him home. His name was Pete. He would come. He knew my voice, and a snail, unlike humans that have our foot in our mouth, uh, the snail has his mouth in his foot. <laughs> and he'd come up the side of the jar and I'd offer him a piece of lettuce and he'd come up and open that little mouth and take it. And I'd go, Pete, and he knew me. He, I could take him out of the jar and hold him in my hand. He'd walk up my arm. He was the size of about two inches in diameter. And I rescued him. Now, did you ever look <laughs> read him psychically or read a bird psychically? You know, yeah, what, yeah what, my pigeons for sure, and and also um, I believe that one of my uh, we all have guides, you know, and the birds are the ones that bring the messages. The animals are like your protectors, your guides, whatever. But your your birds bring messages, and that's always that's nothing new. I mean, what do they use doves for? What are the pigeons? You know, uh, before technology, pigeons carried all the messages. You know, mm -hmm. so yes, uh, birds are almost easier to communicate with than uh, anybody because that's what they do. Do they do it the same way a cat would do it or a dog would do it? Would they Do they give you pictures? How do you, you know? They're, they're actually much, it, no, it's, it's, it's different. It would be like talking to a teenager or talking to grandpa. You're going to get different, same story, but a different way of telling it. And the birds bring you really important information, like they tell you when it's spring, they tell you when a storm, well, animals know that, uh, you know, with that tsunami a few years ago, all the animals were running up into the mountains before the people even knew it was happening, but they, because they listened, a lot of them made it out of there. It was the and animals. it's a magnetic thing as well, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they know when something's coming. Mm -hmm. And they tell you, and in the old days, before, like I say, technology, people listened to that. Yeah. They yeah. would pay attention. Farmers yeah. always listen to their animals. Of course they do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious, like the birds or snakes or whatever. I've mm -hmm. never I've never really read them. But I have to say, with when I first learned pet communication, I had two cats, Cheech and Chong, I named them because they entertained me and made me laugh. <laughs> so, um, and, and I actually asked both of them, but one of them would allow me to psychically go into their body and look back at my own aura. And the other one said, no way are you coming in. <laughs> but on the one, I was able to actually look at back at myself and clean my own aura through the eyes of, my, of Cheech, my own cat. And I'll tell you, looking through the eyes of a cat, and I think you can do this too, uh, Phoebe, when, um, when you're... When you're psychically working with them, especially if you're trying to find a lost cat, you're seeing the pictures that they're seeing. They're sending that information back to you. And uh, it was a fascinating thing to do. Um, 
But is that how you did it too with pets? Do you do it with uh, dogs as well? Just the, they send you pictures back to them? Um, you know, it's so funny. It's such a natural thing that I really n- never thought of it. Like, how do I do this? I just do it. Um, but um, one of the things um, you brought up about the aura uh, back in many, many, many years ago when people didn't even know about auras yet or it wasn't being talked about, but I had sort of been picking up on it. And uh, I didn't realize what it was. I, I thought I needed glasses. I started seeing these you know, like this double image around especially my cats and I thought do I need glasses and I went and got an eye test and no and I'd look again and then I realized that my cat was showing me their energy and once I realized that that is the quickest way to learn how to see an aura is to look at an animal because they don't hide it like people do you know, mm-hmm. in our auras, if you learn to see them, you see colors, red is anger and, you know, yellow is your thinking. I used to have a friend that would wear a yellow hat during tests at school because she said it helped her mental. <laughs> uh, green <laughs> is a healing color, you know, so you'll see that in people's auras. But the animals, it's pure light. It looks mm-hmm. like, call it the white light of pure consciousness. It's so clear. And I've never seen their uh, auras change much in color except maybe to violet. Mm-hmm. or to a clear sparkling kind of thing but mostly it's kind of silvery and i really see it around my sophia yeah um, cat, but they, yeah sophia. so i don't know maybe i'm seeing my own thing and i didn't realize that you just taught me something <laughs> <laughs> well that's what i did in my uh, the thing about so birds um, yeah <laughs> i'm sorry go ahead the thing- years ago i was I was hiking in Arizona, and on the middle of the trail was a complete, perfect body of a hawk, a big one. And it was it probably had died right there. And nothing had, it must have been recent because I actually went close and I could feel some warmth. So I thought, this is a gift. My gosh, a hawk, that's a, that's a strong messenger, you know. And so I had that entire bird, and I have made some... Um, some sacred objects out of it. And I actually back many years ago was friends with a guy who was the traffic uh, reporter here in Denver. And those are the days when they flew around in an airplane and the stations he was on uh, was on cozy and a station that's now called the mountain, but it was the Hawk and we got to know each other. And um, he was very spiritual. He is very spiritual. I took the wings because he was talking about some of the close calls they'd had with the plane and that. Mm-hmm. And I made him this thing with the hawk wings and he hangs it and had a crystal with it. He said he never leaves this house uh, anymore without stopping and just saying thank you to those hawk wings because he said after that they never had another incident Wow. Now, there are animal cards, tarot cards out there. I call them. Maybe. Yes, and I've got, it's too bad we can't get the picture on them because I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight cat decks out here, all different kinds. And then mm-hmm. I've got a dog deck and um, a dog wisdom and divine dog. But the funny thing is all those cat decks, and there's even more of them out there. I mainly collect them because I they're part of my uh, the catnip manor, which, oh, I forgot to tell you that. That came from my grandma. <laughs> I was trying to think of a name, and I was talking about my little 
a you know, museum of cat collectibles. And I was unpacking grandma's trunk and uh, there was this towel in there. She was really good in embroidery, which I happened to have picked up from her, I guess. And it's a little tea towel and it's got this picture of a little cottage that, believe it or not, looks exactly like the front of my little townhome where I live now. And there was a little thing above it, like a, a banner that said Catnip Manor. I go, wow, grandma. (laughs) So that was it. And I love it. I love it. I do love that name. But yeah. Um, So if, if, let's say, if I bring a a dog into my house and the dog is aggressive or is biting or something like that, can you work with that dog? Can you help that dog calm down? How would you do that? How would you go about The first thing you ask them is, the first thing you ask them is, uh, why are you feeling this way? And almost every time I've ever had that experience, what I get through is a clear word, fear. Mm. It's fear. Wow. So then wow. when you pick that up, you go, okay, let's find out what you're afraid of. And you can actually run through a list. Uh, you came from a shelter, you know, um, we know that. So we understand that. Is there anything we need to know about that? Um, you know, that shelter that, that your person now needs to know so they can help you heal and they will tell you things. And then you, so you ask them a, a list of questions and if they go, um, you know, with something else and were you left out in the were you chained up? Were you part of a breeder? And, you know that for every breed out there that people, that's about people, a dog doesn't care who his sperm donor was. It's a people <laughs> ego thing. And for every one of those, there's a rescue group. Yeah. Every yeah. one of them. Yeah. Right. So you, know, I, you I ask them that. A, I, worked I worked on a dog one time that uh, people came to me and the dog was great. In fact, it was during the pandemic. They got the dog at the beginning of the pandemic and then about six months in, the dog would wake up every night crying, basically, you know, just whining and crying and shaking. And and um, so I went and, and looked at what is going on with this dog, you know, talked to him. And um, what it was, was the dog had finally been there long enough to calm down for the fear to come up. The dog had been thrown out of the car. Jeez, I seem to be getting people who throw, you know, pets that are thrown out. But and That's so common lately. I know. Ooh. But um, the, so the pet had been out for a few nights and, and really a puppy and uh, was terrified, absolutely terrified, cold, hungry. And finally, some rescue people came along, picked him up. Um, brought him actually was in Texas, brought him up to Denver to new happy home. And um, what we did then was every night uh, the owner would sit down with him, just pet him and tell him he was safe. He was not outside. He had a good home. Now he was going to stay in the good home. He, they would not go away and they would not throw him out. And it took about a week, a little bit over a week where, you know, he, he calmed down and he could relax and now he's a happy little puppy. No more waking so up see, in the middle of the night and shaking and yeah. crying. Yeah. So, again, you're reiterating exactly what we've talked about. You've right. got to talk to them. They right. will understand. And if and you don't, 
they're going to be like anybody that needs to go see a therapist, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> which probably is almost everybody these days. But the <laughs> right. other thing I got from the pandemic. You know um, what, though, before you dog, get into it, Phoebe, I'm yeah. sorry to cut you off, but we're going to take a break now. Oh. So, um, bef- okay. So before you get into it, we'll take a break and then we'll come back and we'll talk some more about it. I just that. want to say you, you healed that dog, honey. Oh, thank God. (laughs) I felt like that. Yes, exactly. Well, hang in here and we'll be right back. Thanks. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. One thing's for certain. Life is uncertain. Do you navigate the unknowns? Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com to sign up for psychic readings and classes with Barb Crowley. You can schedule one-to-one sessions with Barb for personal and relationship counseling, pet communication, mediumship, career and business direction, or sign up for one of her classes. Everyone has answers through the metaphysical plane, but they need help to access them. Get the help you need today. Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com. Do you feel that you want more from your life but keep finding yourself in the same spot? It is time to break free from self-defeating patterns and limiting beliefs. Find out more by tuning in to Let's Talk About It with nationally recognized psychotherapist Dr. Jamie Lacey. Learn to create healthy lifestyle choices so that you can be the best you. Tune in every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Do you have executive function challenges? Actually, these are a lot more common than you would think. These challenges include time management issues, organization, planning, focusing, memory, and problem solving. If this sounds like you, you'll want to check out Focus on Success. With Fazia Costi, you'll hear from professionals that offer advice based on their expertise and provide solutions to improve your life. Focus on Success can be heard Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern, on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Metaphysics, a view through the veil with Barb Crowley. To reach the live show, please call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to aviewthroughtheveil at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, we've got uh, Phoebe Delaney on, and Phoebe is a pet psychic here in Denver. We've been having a great conversation about uh, what pets have been telling us and some of the problems and the issues they've gone through, how to find lost pets, all of these things. Um, and one thing I wanted to ask uh, Phoebe about is when pets pass and um, can you see them on the other side? And, and you know, we talked a little bit about uh, the rainbow bridge and I, you know, that's a new term to me, kind of a new term. So if you can talk a little bit about uh, pets on the other side, it'd be great. You know, what do you say and do they communicate with you? 
Well, I've had my own experiences, and I think when I was telling you when I, my dad appeared to me a year after he'd passed and his dog was with him, that was my first um, like and that was a long time ago. That was like 1969, and it was like whoa. But then the what went through my head was Grandma told me about this, and now I'm seeing it. But the first one that I saw was our dog, and he was very important. I mean, he was like my dad's soulmate, you know. And so it it almost impacted me more seeing him than it did seeing my dad. And <laughs> then over time after that, I was open to the. It was like he opened my eye that you wouldn't have thought about otherwise because people just weren't talking about that. And I started to see um, it, uh, animals that, you know, I was, I went through a period of time where I had rescued a lot of animals. They didn't have a lot of shelters then. And they were all ones that I had to kind of help them. They transitioned and darn it. If they didn't start showing up, first of all, one would tell you, please let me go. And that's what I help people with a lot. I don't know that maybe that's part of what we're supposed to talk about, but that's so hard for someone to come to that decision of it's time to let them go. And they do tell you if you listen, just like actually grandma would probably tell you while you're trying to pump her full of something to keep her going, you know, and she's going, no, let me go. I'm ready. I see the light. Well, they will tell you that specifically. And you know, it's 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 hard for us because, you know, it's it's letting go of that love and everything. Nobody go, is comfortable with that. But we also have to realize that animals don't live like my cat is 13. She's about my age <laughs> in human years. So, yeah. you know, uh, it's yeah. the hardest thing. And I have helped people with that, that they just have to talk to the animal and open up their own heart that. And you know what happens? They get sent another animal. And often it's just the same soul came back in another version, just like we do. Mm-hmm. But they they will send you. And I know that's where my cat that I have now, Sophia, came through my old cat that passed at 20. And it was about six months after that when she came into my life. And the first night she was in my house, she did something that he used to do. And I looked at her and I'm like, Webster and she looked up at the corner of the room and there was his face I swear I saw like the Sheshire cat it was as clear as a bell and she still does that so he doesn't he didn't come back he's up there by the bridge but he's still watching me because I had him for 20 years and he never let me down and she's the same way but she's the divine feminine version of what he was and it's so cool to see that now you know and when I so yes when I've watched cats who have um, you know people have said when when they passed what you know what happened whatever but anyway um, I've I've watched them where they only move like six inches over I actually had somebody ask me to was very upset to read her cat who had been attacked by dogs and. Um, in fact, I had read the dogs before and told her to get rid of one of them who was vicious and, and stern up. They became a pack. And she didn't listen to me. But anyway, they attacked the cat. And she was obviously so upset and um, had just gone out for a walk, came back, and this had happened. And um, what, I, the minute I looked at the cat, the cat said to me, I did it. <laughs> 
<laughs> I did it. Ah. She, said she taunted those dogs and they attacked her and she was out of her body in a heartbeat. But also she, I could feel when she transitioned and all she did was feel so much better and lighter and she was much happier. And then she went on to taunt them from the other side. She really enjoyed it. <laughs> but I saw with cats, when they pass, they just, it is such a natural thing for them. They almost just move out of their body and move about six inches over. And then just stay like everything's the same, which is kind of nice. You know, and, and a lot of pets do stay around the house and around the owners and um, just kind of go on as if they're fully in, you know, earth form. But anyway, that's what I've seen. But you know what? Um, we're kind of running out of time, and I so want you to tell everybody how to listen to your animals. So if you can. Well, I think we covered, we kind of covered that pretty clear, basically. Not, a, uh, not clear enough, I don't Remove think. the idea. You got to remove the idea that you can't communicate. That you you gotta you gotta get it in your head because they don't have a problem with that. They already know this. You have to work on you and open up your 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 mind to the fact that you can communicate with this creature just like you would anybody. And so that's where you start is with yourself. And then you have to start with letting the animal know that this is what you're doing. You can even tell them, look, this is new to me. I, I know that I know we can communicate. I want to open this. And so I'm just letting you know that I am now open to anything that I need to hear from you that you need to tell me. And that's exactly the kind of script you use, just as if you were talking to anyone. Think of your pet as a child that you have brought in and it's, you, you know, it's your job to uh, listen to them. Now, when and that's I, about what it is. When they talk to me, I hear, I see pictures. Um, yeah, me too. You see them in pictures too. Yeah. I wonder if I, I also just get ideas in my head that it's almost like I hear a voice, but it's silent. It's it's like when your higher self talks to you. You know, I get messages, and of course, a lot of that comes from I do so many readings for people and everything that over the years. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm a better reader today than I was, you know, definitely 20 years ago because I'm more open to recognizing. And one of the things about I never expected to be an animal communicator when people started talking to me about that, it was like, whoa. But I found that it's really a very rewarding um, and it helps people because often you're talking to someone about their problem and they could solve it by working with their animal. Mm -hmm. Like health, <laughs> who's better therapist than a dog or a cat or a horse? Yeah, Do you know how many horses, horses are, are, are now being trained for therapy horses? Right. Yeah. Horses are amazing. When I first looked at them psychically, I have to admit I was like a snob on it thinking, well, the horse, you know, they don't have work to do anymore. And then I looked at them psychically when I first learned, and I was stunned at how important they are spiritually for their owners. They run yes. that energy through their, their owner's energy. Yep through them and really ground their owner. They, 
They, uh, there was a report done a few years ago where a little girl who was being uh, helped on therapy with a horse, she was about 11 years old, and she asked the people, how did this come about? How did this horse get to do this? And they go, you know what, we're going we're gonna to do a report on that. And what they found out was there was a prisoner down in, in um, Cannon City who was in there for life, but they called him the horse whisperer, and they interviewed him, and they would bring in these wild Mustangs and that, and he would have them uh, calmed down and, and trained, and then they would be given to these therapy uh, groups. And so they asked a little girl afterwards, oh, he said, they were interviewing, he goes, yeah, I'm a bad dude. I'm in here for life, but some reason the horse is like me. And yeah. so they interviewed her and they said, what did you learn from that? She said, well, first of all, if there's, um, she says, everybody has a little good in them somewhere, and who's going to see it but an animal? Right. Right. That was an 11 year old girl who was in therapy for for disables, and she. I, I was like, whoa. And of course, my grandma always said horses were unicorns. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're powerful. Yeah, they are. And they were also the first. They were the first animal to communicate with humans. If you ever read the book Valley of the Horses, it goes back to that idea that, that how this person, yeah. yeah, learned to communicate with a horse. Mm hmm. So, yeah, I was people, amazed at their yeah, energy. Uh, you know, when I, I think it's modern day that we've been so caught up in, yeah. in the modern things that we forget the basics of life. And long before technology, people talked to their animals. Of course they did. You know? And it's the listening so now they part talk to that's their hard. Phone. Yeah. It's the listening yeah. part that's hard. So, Phoebe, if. Um, um, the thing with the, yeah, the cards, just real quickly, is I use them with animals more, well, even with people, but they're more like a confirming. I'll get, I listen to my information and I'll maybe only draw a card if I think I'm supposed to. And believe it or not, my cat will sit on the table and p pick out cards and she's never wrong. And okay. I was just hey, remembering Phoebe, I, I that I used to in. do, I've done some. Hey, Phoebe, yeah. I hate to I, cut in, but yes. we're about to go off. And I want you to give information on where people can get hold of you. You know, if they want a, a pet reading with you, um, how do they get okay. hold of you? Uh, you go to my website, uh, catnipmanner.com. And you can contact me there, or you can just plain get a hold of me on my cell phone, which isn't on my website, but I'll, I'll leave it on here. It's 303-919-9715. I have a professional office and a healing center. Uh, we keep it clean and safe. And um, you're not going to bring your cat there, but I have had dogs come. <laughs> but also, so, you can but, do it yeah. by picture. Can't you do it by picture? Oh, the picture works perfectly. Right. A cat will communicate with you anyway, but a picture, oh, can, I, I, I use it can, to... Like I, right now, I'm looking at you and, you know, you get facial expressions and animals do that. And but, that's um, why a picture is you can, helpful. I'm sorry. Um, you can talk to anybody. Okay, we need to close. You can talk to anybody in the country. Yeah. Okay, thanks so much yep. Phoebe, for being here. It's been great. Thank you. Bye-bye. Meow, bow, wow. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil. Please tune in for another edition with your host, Barb Crowley, next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your upcoming weekend.